Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Friends, this is the truth. God loves you too much. God loves His Son too much to let us marginalize what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He loves His Son too much to trivialize what His Son did on the cross. And so He calls us all to a decision. We need to see it, and we need to say it. So what is your response to the King of Heaven? God didn't have to send His Son to die for people. God could have kept Jesus alive and let us just do our best and never really quite measure up. He chose, however, to do the seemingly impossible, to allow His only Son to live among the evil of the world, be nailed to a cross, and die a painful death. Why? Pastor Jim imparts the answer in today's message. Because of love. God loves us, His creation, so much that He was willing to lose something precious to Him. He sacrificed for us. So how will we respond? With this in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part two of his message entitled, Joyful Expectation. So in Old Testament, that was written in Hebrew, if you didn't know that. And the word that's used in Hebrew for the same thing is, uh, would be Adonai, would be Jehovah, would be Yahweh. These talking about the personal name of God. And so here, a man who ascends into heaven, fully God, fully man, is given the name above all names, the covenant name of the God of Israel belongs to Jesus Christ. You wonder why some of the religious leaders wanted to throw Jesus and the apostles under the bus, if you will, and out of town because of this extraordinary claim that the Bible makes. Isaiah 42.8, written some seven, 800 years before Jesus lived, the prophet Isaiah says this. He's speaking. We say that when the prophets speak, God speaks. And God says, I am the Lord. Hebrew, Yahweh, Jehovah. I am the Lord, and that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another. Interesting. The idea is that God says, I will not share my name. I will not share my glory with another. And then the apostle says, it's Jesus. How can that be? Because they two are one. The three are one when you have the Holy Spirit as well. Very interesting. It goes on further. Isaiah 42, 8. He says, nor I won't give my name to another and my glory, nor my praise to carved images. What does that mean? I will not allow me to be worshiped with a statue. That is just not who Yahweh is. So it's not that Jesus didn't have this before. Jesus had said to the apostles when he was still alive, he said, all authority has been given to me. But this is really rather for us to see that now, right, the God-man, Jesus Christ, is exalted on the throne How very gracious of God to allow us to see him in a way we could understand it instead of trying to figure it out what he really is. You know, well, I think this and well, I think that. 
and the Bible being very clear with us the identity of Jesus. So in verses 5 through 11, the apostle is clearly teaching that Jesus has not earned the throne. He has simply been returned to the throne that he had before he came to earth. So Jesus' exaltation is not earned by his efforts, but it is a response of God to his obedience. And there again, we have the gospel. We do not go to heaven by being good people. Okay, We don't earn our way. It is God's response. God saves us. God gives us a new heart. He forgives our sins. He gives us eternal life by our obedience to putting our trust in Jesus Christ. Well, that takes us to number two, and, and he fast forwards us from the ascension. Lots been going on since then, right? But we're not there. We don't know what's going on. And he fast forwards us to the second coming when Jesus has promised to return. And that our point is there is the knee. So we've gone from the name to the knee. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Now, the idea there is not that, it, well, you should do it. It's a good thing. It's every knee will bow, right? You will, 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 who that, who does that include? Maybe that's not me, you think. Of those in heaven, we're not in heaven, right? I sure hope this isn't heaven, okay? We're not in heaven. Of those on the earth, that would be us now, right? But this is the second coming. Some of us, when Jesus returns, some of us will be in heaven already. Some of us will still be maybe on earth, depending upon when he returns. And of those under the earth, well, we don't want to be there, do we? That speaks of the, when the Bible talks under the earth, it talks of hell. And that every tongue should confess or will confess, every mouth will say this, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, we just read in Isaiah that God will not give his glory or share his glory with another, but he says when we give glory to Jesus, that gives him glory. How, why is that? Because they're one. Because they're one. So when we praise the name of Jesus, we are giving glory to God the Father because they're one. So here we have the second coming, the return of Jesus, the apostle teaching us here that every person will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God. So the glory of God will be revealed to the entirety of the creation. Right now, there's only certain people who see it, but it will be revealed to the entirety of creation. And this will be a day of great joy, unsurpassed joy, if you will, for all the committed followers of Jesus Christ, because we will be with our King. He will be with us. We'll see him, and we'll also see that the whole world sees him. All the people who think that you're just some whacked out weirdo, religious fanatic going to church in a warehouse, will see it. They'll see what you see. They'll see the exalted, reigning King returning to earth. But this will be also be a day of great sorrow for many of our friends. It really will. I can't even talk about this sometimes. It will be a day of great sorrow for people who will be bowing their knee from knowledge but not reverence. In this life, all who come to trust in Jesus Christ, they bow their knee to him of reverence to the king because he's their savior. 
But here shows a picture of people who also will bow their knee at the second coming because he is a conquering king. And they're going to find themselves on the wrong side of the battle. So what's the difference? You say, well, everybody's going to bow. What's the difference? It's big. The difference is this, when you bow. And Jesus Christ promised that only those who bow this side of heaven are those who will be in heaven. And those who will bow in the second coming are those who will find themselves outside of heaven. They will acknowledge what other people in heaven already knew, that Jesus Christ is Lord. John 3.36 says this, He who believes, and again that word is better translated for our thinking of trust, He who believes or trusts in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe or trust in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. 1 John 5.12 says, He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Jesus himself said, John 5, 21 through 23, For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son of God gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And so God says, I won't share my glory with another but he willingly shares it with the Son because the two are one. Turn with me to Isaiah 45. So here's Isaiah, the great prophet, writing some seven or 800 years before Jesus Christ lived, a historic chapter of God's sovereignty and salvation, one that the religious leaders would have loved to see it actually come to pass. Let's pick it up at verse 18, verse 18. He says, For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. Here's what he says. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Verse 20. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you who have escaped from the nations. They have no knowledge who carry the wood of their carved image. So what is that saying? The people who are carrying around the statues, worshiping, worshiping the statues, have no knowledge of what? Of God. They don't know him. And pray to a God that cannot save. A statue cannot save. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them make counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient time? Who has told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. So he declares his sovereign rule. He declares who he is. And then he makes a great appeal to all of humanity. Verse 22, look to me. The Bible is very forthright in this, that humanity lives with their back to God. They ignore him. 
We all do. We don't care about him. Ask yourself, how often have you been thanking God today, yesterday, the day before? We live so often with our back to him. He says, turn to God. Look to me and be saved. So you cannot be saved unless you what? You look to him. You turn to him. Who is he? He just said it. The great, just God and Savior. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. And look at this. That to me, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall take an oath. So the Apostle Paul is saying that Jesus Christ is the God of Isaiah 45. He is one and the same. He shall say, surely in the Lord, I have righteousness and strength. To him men shall come and shall be ashamed. There will be people who will bow the knee after the Lord returns and they will be ashamed, who are incensed against him. These are the people who hated God, didn't want anything to do with God, completely ignored God, they might, indifferent to God. Jesus is fine, whatever, you know, doobie brothers. Jesus is just all right with me. These people, God says, will be ashamed or put to shame. Verse 25, in the Lord, all the descendants of Israel, and Israel is the spiritual people of God, shall be justified and shall glory. Now, when you put these two passages together, This virtually, and you could do this with so many passages in the Bible, this virtually answers anybody's opinion of the Bible's claim of the identity of Jesus Christ. A lot of people will say they're Christians and say, well, I think Jesus is this and I think Jesus is that, but it doesn't coincide with what the Bible says that who Jesus is. This Teaching, the, these two passages united, answer any, some person who would say they're a Christian and reject the Old Testament. Well, I don't like the, the Old Testament. I like Jesus because Paul is showing us that Jesus is in the Old Testament. He is the God of both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so the church's job is to tell the world of the great God and Savior with humility, with love, and with unashamed boldness to just tell people and hope and pray that their eyes are opened. Now, we could sit here and debate for 2,000 years. I don't have 2,000 years. Maybe some of you do. How someone's eyes are opened. And so our job is we tell people who Jesus really is. We plead with them to consider because we love them, not because we think we're better than them. Because we're not better, because we've just, God in his mercy has shown us who he is. And then we go home and we beg God to open their eyes. So why would we tell people? You're like, well, come on, this is America. Why would we be so bold. And bold is not obnoxious. It's just forthright. It's just honest. 
Why would we be so bold and loving to tell people? Because have you noticed so few people really know? Ask someone you work with or one of your neighbors. If you say, well, can you tell me something about Jesus? They'll all go, well, he died on the cross for our sins. And you say, could you explain that to me? And they'll go, I don't know. They don't know that he died instead of us. That anyone who would put their trust in him would not be punished for their sins because their sins were punished. uh, The punishment for our sins was placed on Jesus. That anyone who trusts in Jesus would not taste death because Jesus tasted death for us. And how sad that so many people in our area don't know and they sat in church for years. For years. I sat in church for years and didn't know. I was one of the kids on the altar. Didn't know. Didn't know. Didn't know the Lord. How sad many or perhaps most American Christians will knock on the door of heaven and the Lord will go, and you are? I don't know you. I never knew you. And how sad then that they will bow the knee as unbelievers. And I don't think there's a sadder thought ever. I'm fine with everybody going to heaven, but that is not the teaching of the Bible. I can't speak for all of you, but I find myself burdened with the responsibility to tell people. And if they believe, they believe. If they don't, I, but at least I've taken a few minutes to explain it to them. And you can do that too. So we've gone from the name, Jesus returns to heaven, to the knee, what it's going to look like when Jesus returns again, but, but not as a humble savior, as a conquering king. And thirdly, we go actually into our own heart, the need Look at the words in verse 11. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus, that very common name, means that the Lord saves. Christ, it means Messiah or anointed one. Lord, we already talked about that. It means Yahweh. Over and over again, the apostles told us the identity of the carpenter from Nazareth who lived a perfect life in your place, died a sinner's death in your place, and was raised from the dead. It is in his name, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ, Lord. In his name, and all that that represents, that amazing things can happen in your life. You can, you can be free. You can have your sins forgiven. Amazing things can happen in the life of a church. When people say, you know what, we're going to work together. We're going to stop with this American Christianity of doing our own thing. And says, we're going to come together. You know, not this is what I want to do, but how can I help? How, how can I be part of what God wants to do? You know, sometimes I... I get so saddened because there's so many gifted people in our church. So many gifted people in our church. And there are so many people in needs of it. But it's so always so hard to, to match those things up. This is not religion. This is, this is the path to the greatest of all human needs. Having the forgiveness of sins. 
having eternal life, knowing God, and letting God use your life in the lives of other people. And really come into the place to understand, ah, this is what I was created for. Now you say, well, it's easy for you. You're a pastor. I, I didn't become a pastor until 11, 10, 11 years ago. I don't feel more used of God now than I did before then. Actually, I feel less. Because before I concentrated on a couple people or a few people and made a difference in their lives instead of trying to concentrate on hundreds and making a difference in nobody's life. But to have that need met in our life, we have to respond. We have to respond in faith. We have to believe. We have to trust in God's way to heaven. Many of you know John 3.16, hanging up at the football games. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever, shame on us for thinking that there are people who it doesn't apply to. Whoever believes in him trusts in him. Only those people who trust in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friends, this is the truth. God loves you too much. God loves his son too much to let us marginalize what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He loves his son too much to trivialize what his son did on the cross. And so he calls us all to a decision. We need to see it And we need to say it. So what is your response to the king of heaven? The time is now. This is the day. When you die or when Jesus returns, the opportunity will be lost. So God calls you to put your trust in him today. Again, Isaiah 45, 22. Look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. There is no other way. James 4.10 Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So for the Philippian church, for our church, for any church, having seen the humility of Jesus, let us work together for the kingdom of God. Let us work together to serve the king. I think we all know that the world is full of so-called Christians whose tongue proclaim the name of Christ, but their knees don't bow, and their hearts are not full of love. They don't consider others before themselves. They live in the world of, of me, myself, and I. They've missed the Savior's love on the cross. Here we see in the life of Jesus Christ, it's obvious that God does exalt the humble. That God does exalt his servants. So don't give up. Moms, don't get tired of all the diapers. Dads, don't get tired of mowing the lawn. Servants in the church, don't get tired of getting up early to welcome other people and to worship God. Because the great God takes his humble servants, his willing servants, and brings them to the glory of heaven. May the humility of the Lord Jesus Christ serve as our motivation. May his humility serve as our example. 
May his resurrection serve as our power as we all long for our own joyful exaltation. Again, Jesus' words, Matthew 23, 12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Thank you for listening to Changed by Love Radio, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. We are excited that you joined us today, and we hope and pray that you will join us again next time as we continue to learn more about Jesus verse by verse in the book of Philippians. If you would like a copy of today's message on CD, simply contact us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills at 973-659-3380. Keep in mind that we need today's date to ensure you get the copy of the correct teaching. You can also write us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or send an email to info at changedbyloveradio.com. Don't worry if you haven't been able to write that information down. Simply log on to www.changedbyloveradio.com. There you'll find all the information to listen to this message again or receive your own copy. You can also give securely to help Changed by Love Radio share the good news of Jesus Christ. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through the book of Philippians. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time here on Changed by Love.